We are talking about vision and purpose. Vision and purpose. And with vision and purpose today, we're going to talk about walking it out. Walking out the vision and the purpose that God has for each of us as individually as well as collectively. And so when I think about vision and when I think about purpose, I think about that God has such an extraordinary plan for each of our lives. And when I look at extraordinary uh, purpose, vision, it is so beyond what you could ever think. And when I look at, when I thought about the word extraordinary, it means that you're extraordinary. It means that you are not normal. You are not called to live a normal life. You're not called to just be normal. You're called to be extraordinary. Ordinary is something that that is so that nobody else is 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 like. It is one of a kind. So you're not just no ordinary person. Tell somebody I'm not an ordinary person. You're not ordinary. You're not ordinary. You you know. And the thing is, you know, when we were when we were growing up, God put in us vision. And he put in us purpose even before, you know, when we were young. He said, you know, think about it. Uh, matter of fact, little man, little man, what you want to be when you grow up? What you want to be when you grow up? You don't, huh? You, okay, what you want to be when you, when you get bigger? You haven't decided. What you want to be when you get bigger? When you, when you, when you graduate? Uh, high school. What you want to do? Go where? Into the military. You want to go into the military. What you want to do when you graduate high school? Go to college? What you want to do when you, when you graduate or even what you, what you want to do when you go to high or, or graduate high school? What's that? Okay, that's even better. What you want to do when you complete college? Be a computer engineer. Whoa, my gosh. I, I'm going to hire you, man. I'm going to hire you. Be a computer engineer. So you see what I'm saying? That's vision. That is what, they, what you want to be when you grow up. When you, when, you, when you graduate high school, you have plans. You have things that you want to do. I want to go to college. I want to be a computer engineer. He said, look, forget college. I know I'm going to go to college, so that I don't even need to worry about that. I'm going to end up being a computer engineer. So everything that he's doing right now is based upon the mere fact that he wants to be a computer engineer. It is placed inside of him, so his decisions, his thought processes are going to be geared toward becoming a computer engineer. Am I right? Okay, you must like video games. You like video games? Oh, yeah. He said, oh, yeah. So he likes video games. So you have to think about it. See, he's not looking at his age. He's not looking at his size. You may look at him and say, well, how old are you? Ten years old. Oh, you can't be no computer engineer. He's just ten. But see, he's seeing beyond his age. 
He's seeing beyond where he's at right now. And what God wants us to see with vision and purpose, we have to see beyond where we're at right now. Zechariah 4 and 6 says that um, the word of the Lord uh, to Zerubbabel, he says, not by power, not by might, but by the spirit, says the Lord. So in other words, you have to dream big. You got to think big. You got to think, forget about your limitations right now. Forget about where you're at. Don't be afraid to think big. Don't be afraid to look beyond where you're at. Now, let's look at the definition of what vision is. Vision is an interior or mental vision. It's built on the word of God. It's rooted in the word of God, and it cannot contradict the word of God. If you're saved, if you're walking in Christ, God is going to give you, he, and he's going to place something inside of you. You could be reading the word of God or, or saying, Lord, I want, I, I, you know, I feel something. I feel a tugging on the inside of me. It is a revelation from the heart of God. In other words, God takes a part of his heart and he reveals it to you. It's like, you, you know, you, you have that burning desire. Man, I just feel a burning desire. Pastor, uh, 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 I'm calling you pastor, man. Robert, Robert, it's like, you know, I, I, I know I don't want to be here, but I want to go here. It's a, I, I have a desire. How many of you got some desires? And you know they're not of yourself. You want more. You, it's like, I got to have more. That is God literally saying there's more inside of you. That's God saying he's placing, he's revealing his heart to you. He says, I see more. So what he does is he gives you that passion and that desire on the inside of more. I'm hungry. You ever, you ever ate something and you, as soon as you eat it, like, man, that didn't fill me up. I got to go. I got, I got a taste for something. Y'all ever said y'all had a taste for something? And it's like you go and you get this and that didn't, that didn't, that didn't take care of my taste. Then you go over here and you get this and it's like, no. But when you find that right thing that you've been craving for, you're like, man, this is the bomb. This was good. Matter of fact, give me a second serving of this because I didn't get enough. I want to make sure I get enough for the next day. So in other words, that's what God does. God gives us a piece of his heart. He allow, it's a sin of God's heart and the vision for your life, but you cannot walk in your vision, in your in, in vision and purpose, but God has to open your heart up to be able to see it. You got to ask God, say, God, open my heart so that I can see the vision and the purpose that you have for my life. Let's look at the definition of purpose. Um, and while we're going there, 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no human mind has conceived the, the, the um, things that God has prepared for you. No eye ain't never seen it. And I know that ain't good English. But nobody's ever seen what God has prepared for you, what God has for you to do. Because guess what? Nobody can't fulfill what God has for you to do. You believe that on today? 
I mean, it's, it's so unique in what God has for you to do. Miles Monroe said, vision is a source of hope. It's a source of courage. It's a source of perseverance in the midst of difficulties. What do I mean? If you understand the vision, if you understand the greatness that God has placed inside of you, if you understand and get a revelation of where God wants to take you to, I don't care what comes in your life. That vision is going to say, I'm going to keep on going anyway. When you get that burning desire, when, what's his name? Brandon. When Brandon, when somebody, and Brandon makes a, 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 a C, Brandon's not going to say, well, I made a C, but he's going to press even harder to make an A the next time. Y'all get what I'm saying? When, when we run into a roadblock and say that, oh, you're too young to do what you want to do. Oh, there's no more openings. There's no more need for computer engineers. But it's so ingrained inside of you that you say, I don't care. I'm going to create God. My God's going to create a position for me. He's going to make a position. So no matter what the difficulties, Miles Monroe said, when you have vision, it is the source of you continuing to move on. So let's look at purpose. Purpose is a setting forth of something in public. Um, it's a presentation. It's that which is planned in advance. In other words, you get the vision. And vision is what? We said vision is where? Come on, y'all. Talk back to me. Vision is where? Internally, right? So only you know the vision. God has revealed it to you. But when you begin to walk, that's when you're walking in purpose. It's taking what's in here and you're beginning. It's a presentation of what God has placed inside of here. It's a, a, a public thing. It's a presentation. It's public. You can have a vision all day long, but if you don't begin to walk out that vision and, and walking in your purpose, it's just the vision that's going to die because it's not, it's, it's not being presented. It's not saying, okay, this is the passion that God has placed inside of me. We can talk, we can talk, we can talk, but until you really start walking and start moving, and we're talking about walking it out, what is the it? The it is what God has placed inside of you. What has, God, what has God given you a heart and a desire for? What has he given you a desire to do? So when you begin to walk it out, you're walking out the very purpose that God has placed inside of you. Is that connecting? All right. Um, Matthew 5 and 13, and I'll just, um, I'll paraphrase it. It said, can you go to Matthew um, 5 and 13? And we're just going to go. It says, you're the salt of the earth. If the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Next verse. Uh, you are the light of the world. First of all, you're, you're what? You're salt first. Then you're what? You're light of the world. And a town built on a hill that cannot be hidden. Verse 15. And it says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a, a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Next verse. 
Last verse, it says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify the Father which is in heaven. In other words, it's saying walk out your purpose. When you, when you begin to walk out what God has placed inside of you, when you begin to walk that thing out, then it's like men are going to actually see what's inside. Men are, it, it, what you're doing is going to give glory to God. You remember what I said? Vision is not going to contradict. If it's a vision from God, it's not going to contradict the word of God. In other words, it's not going to draw people away from God, but it's going to draw people closer to God. When you begin to walk that thing out, it's going to begin to draw people to God. It said, let men see what? See your purpose. Let men see you walking out your purpose. And, and then it says, and um, may see your good deeds and they will do what? Once they see you walking out your purpose, it's going to point them to where? To the Father. So that purpose and that vision is, is planted inside of us. And it's going to, we're going to begin to walk it out. We're the salt of the earth. We're not made, we're, not, we're, we're what? We're extra ordinary people. We're not ordinary. We're extraordinary. We're, we're, we're one of a kind. We're unique. So in other words, we have to walk it out. What is the it? I can't, exp I can't tell you what the it is. I know what my it is, but everybody in here has their own it. What is it that God has placed inside of you? Um... And I said, in order to see what it is that God has for you, you have to ask God, God, open up the eyes of my heart. Open up the eyes. What do I mean? It's like you have to put yourself in a position to where you're shutting out all distractions and you're allowing God, you're allowing Holy Spirit to speak to you. So in other words, um, what is that burning desire that's inside of you. You're saying, God, I, I, I know there's more. So speak to me. Let me know what's going on. Um, Proverbs 29 and 18 says, where there is no vision or revelation, the people perish. Where there is no revelation of where God wants for you to go, where there is no, no vision or no purpose for you in your life, you're just floating along. It's like you have to have a purpose. You have to, the purpose of going to school, young people, is for what? Education. Am I right? And then not only that, the other purpose, and if you're not going, if you're not being homeschooled, the other purpose is so that you can go to the next level. So you can move forward in life. For us adults, the, you know, we have to go out and, get, and, and work. The purpose of us going to work is so that we could do what? Oh, come on, y'all. So we can get a paycheck at the end of the week. So we can pay our bills. So we don't go hit the light switch and the lights don't turn on. So our purpose for getting up for me 4 o'clock in the morning is so that I can get to work number one on time. And then I work all day long so at the end of, an 80, hour, uh, uh, at the end of 80 hours, I know that there's going to be a direct deposit that's going to be in my bank account. So I understand my purpose for going to work. And so we have to understand our purpose for going to, for, for doing the things that we need to do. Listen to what the word perish mean. Perish means that you are going at it alone. It means to be unrestrained from God's word, to let loose the reins. 
It is to let go and try to do it alone without him. Why did I say that? If you don't allow yourself, if you don't say, Lord, give me a vision for my life, then you're saying, I'm going to walk this thing out by myself. I'm going to do this all, you know, I don't need your help. You know how it's like uh, my little godchild will say, we'll try to, I got it. Uh, I can do it. She says, and then I go back and I said, well, you didn't tie your shoes. Can, can you help me, Auntie Wendy? She eventually, she was like, I can do this, but she couldn't. It's like, at first, it's like, I got this. And sometimes we tell God, God, I got this. Sometimes we say, Lord, I'm okay. You know, I, I know what you call for me to do, but I'm good. Or I don't know what you call for me to do, and I'm not trying to find out what you've called for me to do. Or this is the other thing. God may tell us what to do, but it's not what we want to do. And so therefore, because it's not what we want to do, we tell God, I got this, God. I'm okay. And so you're over here, and God is over here saying, I need you over here. And so you're over here, and you're wondering why everything seems to be going wrong. Every door that you try to open seems to be shut in your face. It's because God says that you're supposed to be over here. You know, you're, you're running from the vision. You're running from the purpose that I have for you. Your blessings is over here, but you're staying here thinking that your blessings are going to be right here with you. But the blessings is if you just move a little to the right, I'm going to open up doors. No eye have seen, no ear have heard the things that God has in store for you, but you got to be in the right place. So with vision, the Bible says that without the vision, without a vision, the people perish. Without a vision for your life, you're going to perish. You're just going to go along without God. You're going to go at it alone. So let's turn to Mark 8.22, and then I'm going to bring this to a close. Jesus' purpose and vision was to win and to lead disciples. Luke 19 and 10 says, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. John 6 and 38 says, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So Jesus' sole purpose was to seek and to save the lost. And so in Mark the eighth chapter, we're gonna see Jesus, what his purpose was. What, what was his purpose? His purpose was to do what? To Come on, y'all. His purpose was to what? Seek and save. Y'all scared the same thing. We just talk. I mean, and, and I know. It's like, ah, talk out to us. He came to what? Save the who? The lost. Right. And so in Mark, we're going to see how to walk it out. Walk it out. We're going to see how to walk it out. Um. Verse 22 says, they came to Bethsaida, and some people brought a blind man and a uh, blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. Bethsaida, first of all, was a place that um, Jesus pretty much was like, I'm done with y'all people. You know, I, I, I've, I, I, you know, I've tried it with y'all, and, so, and Jesus, God will do that. 
God will, if you are determined that you're going to do your own thing, he will let you, he will turn you over to whatever you want to do because our God is a, is a just God. He's, he's not going to force us to do anything. God's not going to force us. And so Bethsaida was, the, uh, 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 and it was a whole bunch of other people, a um, whole bunch of other cities that it was like, you know, I've given you my word. You reject my word. I've shown you how to live, but you don't want to live the way that I've shown you. So I'm not going to force you. I'm just going to let you do whatever you want to do. And there are going to be some times and some people that no matter what you say, no matter what you do, they're going to just do what they want to do. Because in the, in, in the Bible says that God had, there is a place, is hell that is created for those, for those people who desire and they reject the word and the purpose and the vision of God. Oh, God is so loving and so kind. He wouldn't dare let me die and go to hell. Yes, he will. He will die. He will let you die and go to hell if you decide that you just want to turn your face and turn your back towards the things of God. And so Bethsaida was that type of people. Let's turn to uh, verse 23. Um, let's go back to 22. I'm sorry. So my first point is in order to walk it out, it requires surrendering. It requires surrender. We have to surrender everything. It's said that Jesus they, they, they led him, they took him, it's an amber alert or some kind of alert. Amber alert? All right, what, what does it say? You don't have it? Ah. Okay, child or? Hmm? Okay, well let's, let's take a moment and let's just pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray right now for that child that's in Woodbridge, God. We pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, whatever is going on. Father, we pray, God, for safety of the child. We pray for that child to be returned unharmed. We pray, God, we command and come against the hand of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. We come against every attack in Jesus' name and command for it to be loosed in Jesus' name. We speak safety over that child. We speak safety, hallelujah, over that child in the name of Jesus. We pray peace, Father, for the family that is missing this loved one right now in Jesus' name. Peace in Jesus' name. Peace in the name of Jesus. That this child will be returned to their parents unharmed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, number one... Uh, walking it out requires surrendering. And so it said, let's turn back to verse 22. It says that they came and they brought a man and begged Jesus to touch him. The thing is, is that they brought, there are times that, 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 that you are connected with people and the people are dragging you down. Or, or, or taking you to a place that you don't want to go. It said that the, some people brought the blind man and then brought him to Jesus. First of all, the man could not see, so he didn't know how to get to Jesus. He had to surrender himself 
to the help and to the aid to take him to Jesus. He could have went kicking and screaming, but he was like, no. He allowed himself to be led to Jesus, and then it required a letting go. A letting go of himself is like, you know, I don't know if you're bringing me to Jesus or not. A letting go of his doubts. A letting go of his fears. There's times that we have to let go of the fears. We have to let go of those things that, that, that you know, we can't do it. You know, those things that, oh, I've done this before, but it didn't seem to work. But God, okay, I'm going to let that go. I'm going to let go of my hurt. I'm going to let go of my disappointments. And then not only that, you look at it, it's going to cost you something. In order to surrender, it's going to cost you some friends. It's going to cost you some people that normally you would hang out with. It's going to cost you sometimes spending your, your, your time alone with God and, and really getting into the presence of God. The next one, how to walk it out, is... Uh, Number two, it says, require seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. Require seeing ourselves the way that God sees us. Seeing the potential that's inside of you. The Bible says, it says, I forget those things that are behind me, but I press forward towards the mark. You see the mark. You're saying, Lord, you know, I, I want to see what you see. You know, people tell you, you can't do that. You can't walk this way. You can't, you know, you're not big enough. You're not old enough. You're not smart enough. And you're not pretty enough. Okay, whatever. But God created me the way that he created me. And God, you have created me uniquely me, uniquely the way that I am. Growing up, you know, I was, I was called skinny. I was called, you know, ugly. And so I was always like the black sheep of the family. Y'all know what the black sheep is? The one that, you know, oh, you know, oh, you know, I'll use this analogy better than that. It's like, you know, you, you have a, a, a softball team or you have a, a kickball team, and I'm, you know, speaking to you. You have a team or whatever, and you're like, ooh, pick me, ooh, pick me. Ah. And they're like, yeah, I want you, mm, I want you. And you still over here like, I can kick. I, you know, I got this. I can do this, you know. And then pick everybody else, and then here you go sitting on the sidelines. Or either you get picked last, and then they don't really want to use you because of the simple, you're a bench rider. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, but you know that's inside of you. And so I was like one of those. You know, you know I was the last pick. You know, I tried out for the basketball team. My name was the last on the list. Okay, you can be the water girl. You know, and sooner or later, I, I was like, I can be more than a water girl. So, I, you know, you got to go out and practice too. So guess what? You know, in the practice, I was like, you know, you know, at home, you know, you know, working it out. And before I knew it, I was on the starting string. I was what you call a short, a, a, a tall forward, a short forward. Because why? Because I was like, yeah, you see me as a water girl, but I see myself as a short forward. Being able to, to, to shoot it up. Being able to do whatever, so I see. But just, you got to see yourself the way that God sees you. Let's look at verse 22b. And it says, they, um, next verse, uh, they led him to Jesus. And then it says, he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside of the village. 
Next verse. It says, when he had spit on the man's eyes and put his eyes on him, Jesus asked, do you see anything? Do you see anything? Do you see anything? Verse 25. And he said, he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees. I see people. You know what I look, when I looked at this verse, the man, they brought the man to Jesus blind. Couldn't see. They had to bring him to Jesus. They brought him to Jesus. Couldn't walk, couldn't see. And when Jesus touched his eyes, he said, I see people and they look like trees. Which means that this man must have had the ability to be able to see at one particular point. He had vision at one particular point. But somewhere along the line, we don't know what happened. We don't know if it was hereditary. But he lost his sight somewhere along the line. And I'm going somewhere with this. God has placed vision and purpose in each of us. And somewhere along the line, we lose sight of what God has for us. Somewhere along the line, discouragement comes along and we, we give up. And we say, God, this is getting too hard. This is too rough. I can't take this anymore. Somewhere along the line, our feelings may get hurt. And we're saying, God, I'm not going to try this anymore. Lord, I'm tired of going through abuse after abuse. I'm tired of going through hurtful relationships. I'm not going to go this way again, God. And so we lose the vision that God has. You go to give a word to somebody or you go and, and God drops or downloads. What's that scripture that um, God gave you earlier this week on Wednesday? God. Is it? Yeah, I'll, I'll restore tired souls. I'll, I'll renew tired bodies and restore tired souls. I'll renew what? New, refresh, refresh, tired bodies, and renew tired souls. But you wake up one morning and you're not feeling renewed. You wake up and, and it's been weeks and weeks and weeks. It seems like a spirit of depression has jumped on you. It's, it's go weeks and weeks and it doesn't seem like that nothing is happening. It's weeks and weeks that it's like, Lord, okay, you know, I'm not restored. So I'm just going to close my Bible and I'm not going to read the word anymore. I'm not going to pray to you anymore, God, because the more I pray, the more that everything seems to go crazy. And so we lose the vision. And so somewhere this man lost vision. And the th I, I bring that out because have you lost your vision? Have you lost that burning desire deep down on the inside? I have. I have. And I'm not talking about now, but I have at one particular point. We all get there. But then we got to allow ourselves to get back into the presence of God. Let's, um, uh, he looked up and said, I see people and they look like trees walking around. Let's go to the next verse. And he said, um, once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes and then his eyes were open, his sight was restored, and he saw everything 
clearly. You stay in the presence of God until you see things clearly. You stay in the presence of God until God renews you. You stay in the presence of God until God says, look, you know, I'm going to take the hurt away. I'm going to deal with all of this. You just stay right here with me. You press into God. This man didn't give up on God. He didn't say, well, I didn't see Jesus. I'm out of here. Bye. I'm going back to my friends. But he stayed right there. He, he was willing to try again. He was willing to forget that which was behind him. Lord, I know I was blind. Lord, I know my friends were back there. But it's like, Lord, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to try again, God. I'm Can you tell yourself, I'm going to try again? I'm going to try again. He didn't complain. Well, God, oh, you said you were the healer? <laughs> You spit, you did, you spit on my eyes, Jesus. What you mean spitting on my eyes? Look, come on. You know, enough is enough. I don't know where you been. He could have went off, but he was, he took it. He was like, okay, Lord, let's go to, uh, and I'm getting ready to close. Number three. The thing is, also is that the man looked past his physical blindness, but he saw the potential that I can see. He saw the potential. So you have to look past your problems. You got to look past where you're at and see the potential that God has. God is seeing God. He, he, God would not, if, if God did not think that this, that this man would have seen again, he would not have touched him again. But God saw the potential that this man could see. So what he did was he touched him again. See, God sees that there's potential. And so we, when we tap into the potential, God says, you know, don't look at your problems, but look at the potential. Number three, it's, it requires deciding to live at the next level. Verse 26 says, um, and I'll just paraphrase it. It's okay. No stress. We good. Um, it, it, it said that, look, he said, now that you've received your sight, he said, I see men as walking as trees. Jesus touched him again. And what happened was the man ended up, his sight was restored to fullness. And so he told the man, he said, look, don't go back to your friends. Don't go back to your crutches. Don't go back to the people that you were hanging with because they cannot go to this next level that I have for you. You're going to have to let go of some things because this next level that I'm sending you to, you cannot go back that way. I've shut the door on that. There's some people that may be connected to us that they're not, they're connected, but you, you got to let them go. Because they cannot go to the next level that God has for you. It requires you have to decide to walk at the next level. It said the, the man, he sent the man home. It didn't say that he went back home. He went back to his friends. But we have to decide that we're going to walk at the next level. It's a choice. Are you willing to walk at the next level? Are you willing to walk at the next level? And not everyone is going to agree with the decisions that you're making. Not everyone is going to agree with where you're going. So I have a little illustration, and I need three volunteers.
Can I get three volunteers? Preferably, come on, three, three. I want three. I want three volunteers. I get two. Don't be scared, y'all. Can I get a, uh, can I get this move back? And I need three chairs. Three chairs. And I need that table brought over here. I got three volunteers. You want? High five, man. All right. Yes, sir. Okay. Let's just put this right here. I need one on this side of the table and one on that side. And then I need the other one just to, to and I need a chair right here, but I don't need you at the table. All righty. Y'all just have a seat anywhere. Just sit down. It's all good. Just have a seat. All right. Um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, go on and down, wrestle. There you go. There you go. Okay. Well, who wants the color? Who wants the color? <laughs> you want to color? Okay. Tyu said he'll color. Here you go, Tyu. Here you go. Ah, don't start color yet, though. Don't start coloring yet. Okay, who, who wants to, who wants to do this? <laughs> Anybody want to do this? Don't nobody want to do this? Oh. I'll, I'll do it. Okay. And I left my other little, it might be in my purse right here. I think, see, I think I did, but that's okay. I got something for Brandon right here. And Brandon's looking like, what, what, what's this? All right, Brandon, I got you, man. Hold on a second. And you can't enlarge the text. I know you techie. <laughs> when we trying to enlarge the text on my phone, man. Okay. And I'm matter of fact, let me see if I can. Okay, put that down just like that right now. All right, well, Tao, you like the color. Uh, let's just put these on you, man. All righty. All right, Lori, you want to do the little box here? You just put these on. It's a gift, and you can't cheat either looking up under them. All righty. And Brandon, just for you, I have a used pair of glasses. Okay? And you put those on. All right, no, Tahu. See, you already cheating. Well, Lori... What I want you to do is, I want you to put the shapes in this box. Can you try? Her purpose is to, see, they're trying to help. See, she, she, she is it the right shape? Is it the right shape? Oh, hold on. We, Oh, do I not, you don't want me to do it? No, you're all right. <laughs> I think you cheated, though. I just felt them. Mm-hmm. That's how you see that. Okay. Well, you try again. You can't tell her. <laughs> uh-uh. She got to go it alone. With no vision, the people what? With no vision, the people what? No, no help, no assistance. 
She's trying to go it alone with no help. You're trying to put yourself in a place and you have not given, you have not allowed God to deposit the vision inside of you. And so what it should take you a, a shorter time to do, you're fumbling and feeling because God has, you don't have any vision to be able to see. See, she's getting frustrated. Like, it looks like the shape. A lot of times it looks like what I should be doing. It looks like, God, you're blessing me. But in the true essence of things, you're getting nowhere. Amen. So without, the, without sight, she's unable. See, she picked up another piece and said, <laughs> she said, oh, this will work. And that's what we do. We say, God, this will work. God, that will work. Instead of surrendering to God and saying, God, open up. My eyes, open up the eyes of my heart and my understanding so I can see what I need to be doing. <laughs> but you get what y'all, y'all get the essence of that. And so we, we have no sight. But then it's like, okay, Lord, um, you've given me my sight, but I've allowed some things to get in the way. And so my sight becomes cloudy and so Tyler what I want you to do is just start coloring but I want you to color inside the lines <laughs> I want you to color inside these lines and don't you go out of these lines now <laughs> I need for you to color inside the lines <laughs> what color do you have <laughs> color Tyler <laughs> Tao, how old are you, Tao? I'm 24. <laughs> You're 24 and you don't know how to color in between the lines? Nope. You ain't even started nothing. Has he started anything? Barely. Barely. This is the, the ambiance. <laughs> <laughs> But the point of the matter is, is that we have things that cloud our vision. We have things that cloud it. And where God is saying, I'm having for you to go, there's things that are, are is clouding our vision. They making a mess over here, y'all. But the thing, it's cloudy. He's like, he, he's like, okay, is there any lid here? Is it? This crown is the, so let me let me do this for you since you don't think that there's a, this one has a point to it. So you think that you can color in between the lines? Color 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 real hard cuz I want the people to be able to see your drawings. I want you Go ahead. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Man, that's in between the lines. You just stay right there. You got it. Go, buddy, man, I'm gonna color with you all day long. Matter of fact, let me help you color. Here we go. Yeah, I'm going to help you color. Now, let me see. The point of the matter is, is that sometimes we have people that are with us, and they're going to tell you you're doing the right thing. They're going to tell you that you are in the right place, and they're going to even be there with you to help you out. But how many of you know that you're outside of the lines? <laughs> you ain't inside the line. And then you, Mr. Brand. You got on a nice complimentary pair of my old glasses. Can you see? Yeah. You can see? Hmm. So what's your vision? It's pretty good. Pretty good? It's like when I look, look at them, it's kind of like a little bit closer, but mm. 
Okay. So when you look without them, your vision is better. Say it again. When you look without them, your vision is what? Is better. So you can read that. Can you read this? Can you read it here? Okay. Uh, well, tell me what it says. Hmm. Can you see? How about now? Really hard. And and on. <laughs> Two important words. My point with branding, wearing my glasses, is because there's times that we try to walk out somebody else's vision. We try to put on their vision. We try to put on what God has placed inside of them. We try to walk out their purpose. And God said, I didn't prescribe those for Brandon. I didn't, I didn't prescribe those for him. They're not, see, what'd you say? His eyes are hurting. So in other words, when you try to walk out the thing, something that God has given somebody else, it becomes painful. It becomes rough. Instead of walking in the divine purpose that God has created, God has created Brandon with 20-20 vision. He don't need his eyes corrected. So therefore, why would he put on my glasses? They're for me, and I can see well with them. They don't hurt my eyes. But Brandon was like, he could wear them for a little, little while, and that was why I did that, Brandon. I know that they were going to hurt your eyes. Because the thing is, we may start walking out, and it's like, I'm good with this. I can do this. But after a while, it gets uncomfortable. And instead of us putting it down and saying, God, look, I I'm out of place. God, I'm not doing what you need me to do. We want to keep on letting it hurt. And the, the band can play. Or... Uh, God's saying vision and purpose. Vision and purpose. Don't try to walk out somebody else's purpose. 